Father God, that we lift up your name. And you said if we lift up the name of Jesus, Father God, you said that you would draw all men unto you. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that you're making us fishers of men. We're launching out into the deep, Father God, for a great catch. And we thank you, Lord, that there's so many, Father God, to bring into your kingdom, Lord, that we can't do it all by ourselves, that we will need help. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us. I thank you that no man can come to the Father except the Spirit of God draws them. And we pray, Father God, that Holy Spirit is drawing men to you. Lord of the harvest, you are sending forth us men as laborers in your vineyard, Father God, that we may lead men and women to you. We thank you, Lord, that we'll not say four months, then the harvest will come. But now, Father God, now is the time. This is the season, Father God, and we are fine-tuning ourselves, Father God, for that harvest because we are being a witness. Our light is shining. We are living such lives, Father God, holy, separated, and sanctified, Father God. And men and women are seeing the light of Jesus in and on us, Father. And they're asking us, what must they do to be saved? They're asking us, Father God, how are we living the way we're living? How are we being victorious? They're coming to us. And it's not a hard thing, Father, because your word we're hiding in our hearts. We're getting revelation of your word, Father God, in so many different ways. We're going two by two. We're witnessing, Father God, on our breaks and on the internet and on uh, TV and on radio and every facet, Father God. We're not missing any opportunities, Father God, and we're realizing the urgency, Father God, of souls being saved and the need because we must be about our Father's business. And we thank you, Lord, for waking us up and giving us the revelation that now is the time. And we thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. We're just going to jump right in. My soul was just blessed uh, on the altar. God just knows how to bless you. <clears throat> um, we, we have been under attack. Those who live godly, the Bible says, will suffer persecution. And um, while I was in the hospital with my husband, and before I could get out, I didn't know that my neighbor was in the hospital. And so right while I was recuperating with my husband, then before I could get rested, my neighbor called. And so then I had to go and be with her. And um, while I was trying to rest, even on yesterday, I was going through the neighborhood to round up some of the neighbors to make them aware that our neighbor was in the hospital and had been in there several days to try to rally them to go 
and sit with her. And because uh, she has no family in the area, and she's lived in the neighborhood for about 58 years. And uh, see, being a witness, and uh, we're the ones that led her to the Lord in our kitchen having lunch. Amen. And that's that compassion that you have and that you show. And, um, and she's been over here once for Mother's, our Mother's Day service. And she's been with our ladies. She's been on outings with us. She's eating Chinese with Brother Donovan and I. Amen. That's what you do. That's what you do to be a witness. And so God knows my body was tired and I wanted to just lay down. But, but when duty calls... And so, anyway, so I went to be with her. So the next day, as I said, I was lying down because my body was just tired and I just hadn't, you know, rejuvenated yet. And so um, I got up and I told my husband, he had to run a few errands, so I said, I'll, I'll drive you, I'll go with you. And then I said, honey, do you mind to just let me go to the hospital? Because she called again and I could hear in her voice. You know how you can just tell? I knew I just needed to be there. Something had transpired since the day prior. And so anyway, so when I got there, she said, uh, Miss Carter, she said, you could tell something was going on because she said, I, I, I talked to you in person. So it was like 7 o'clock last night. And I'm saying all of this to say this. People, learn to listen with your heart. Learn to listen to one another. Even though you may think you have the best suggestion, the best idea, learn to listen to people and follow their lead. Even though you may do things differently, listen to the people. And so she, let, she laid in her bed, and she cried to me. And she said, Miss Carter, now she's 85, 86, you're 85. She said, Miss Carter, she said, they want to put me in a, in a nursing home. Now she's not dead, she's not half dead, she just has a, she just has a bladder infection. And this is a, this is her, this is a nephew that just comes and picks her up once a year. Just once a year. Just once a year. Don't have time for. No relationship, just once a year. Her, she and her daughter fell out when she got a divorce well over 30 years ago. So her daughter has nothing to do with her, lives a couple hours away. Christian preacher. Has nothing to do with her. Teresa and I tried to mend that relationship about seven months ago. So we're kind of all she has. So even though my body was tired, she had need of me. And the one thing I know is she does not want to be in a nursing home. So what I'm saying is, you can't go against people's wishes and desires 
for themselves. You know, if you think, well, I think this is best for mama, and the kids going to all get together and make that decision, you can't do that when people are in their right minds just because you don't want to fool with them. You cannot do that. And I'm going to pray that God will get you for that. You cannot throw people away because you don't want to put the time in for them. People still have a choice about their own life. Deuteronomy said, I said before you, life and death, you choose. As much as God wants us to go to heaven, he still let us choose. He let us choose. He let us choose. And this lady works in the yard. You can be a hoarder. That's not a reason to be put in a nursing home. So we're going to pray for Miss Lois. Before we leave today, we're going to pray for Miss Lois that they will not, if I say the word wrong, bamboozle her because their wives don't want her in their house or won't release her their, their husbands to fool with her. Because that's what it is. They don't, they don't want to be bothered with her. So those of us in the neighborhood, we are bothered with her. And we don't mind. Okay? So I want you all, we're going to get together and we're going to pray about that. So after I get finished with church and celebrating with Barb, my friend from the neighborhood, a Christian woman, spent the night in the hospital with her because if she didn't, I was going to. So after I finish today, then I'm going to relieve her so that they don't come in while she is weak in her body and take advantage over her. So that's why she called me crying. So I want you all to agree with me in prayer, okay? All right. See, the people that do the work, the people that do, that do the work need to be the one making the, the decisions. Not the folks that, that come in on, on the last watch. And they have no right. We have a psychologist in the neighborhood that's a friend that we called up. See, we have people in the neighborhood that care about her. So we're going to pray about that. So back to soul winning. This is a part of soul winning. This is a part of soul winning is having compassion. Um, We've been talking about being, the Lord said he wants to make us, make us soul winners. Proverbs, let's start with Proverbs 11th chapter. Anybody been witnessing this week? Hallelujah! 
Y'all some balanced people. Y'all are some wise men and women. Hallelujah. Proverbs 11th chapter, verse 30. Let us read together. It says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Amen. So we prayed last night, my friend and I. We gathered, uh, we uh, uh, held hands last night around Miss Lois's bed, and we prayed, and we took authority over every demonic spirit, and we just blessed Miss Lois real good, and we prayed that she'd have her a good night and some good sleep. And the night before, I loved on her, and I prayed for her, and it cost not a penny. And that's for the kingdom of God. And the reason Miss Lois calls me is because I have never taken a penny from Miss Lois. She knows I am harmless. I want nothing from her. And she has plenty of money. Plenty of money. But I do not want her money because I have a father that owns a cat, a cattle up on a thousand hills. See, you don't go and witness to the people that got money in hopes that they're going to give you some of their money. You don't do it for that reason. Amen. Because we were in the neighborhood for, for about seven years before a relationship ever established with Mrs. Lois. Amen. So it's not for that reason. And I don't want anything from Miss Lois. Amen. As a matter of fact, I take Miss Lois out to eat and I buy Miss Lois's meals. You know why? Because I don't want Miss Lois telling anybody that she paid for nothing for Mrs. Carter. Amen. I keep my name good and clean and we ride in my Mercedes Benz. <laughs> and they probably think when we go different places they probably are thinking that little black lady is chauffeuring that little white lady around in her Mercedes <laughs> that's probably what people think amen but Miss Lois is my friend Miss Lois is my friend you gotta have a special love and it takes Jesus and the Holy Ghost for Miss Lois <laughs> amen hallelujah but he that winneth souls is wise, and we are wise. Now, let me say this. When I was on the altar, and I was really crying, this is why it never amazes me, Minister Rosette. I said the things that I had been going through during the week and the attacks of, of the enemy, uh, the Lord will show you. He will remind you. Don't you worry about a thing. I got you. I remember when we, had, we were in the hospital with my dad. They brought him home. And we came home, my husband and I. Then I got a phone call that same day that said, they're taking my dad back to the hospital, the ambulance that came, and they were, going to, they were taking more fluid off of his stomach. 
My husband was tired, didn't want to ride back up there. And so I was driving by myself. It was probably about 10-something at night. Almost hit a deer. The very song that I was worshiping and weeping off of was the last song you just played by C.C. Whining about the angel. That was the song that carried me through, Minister Rosette. How convenient for the Lord to remind me on my knees today in one of my hardest places and time. So I thank you. See, we're helpers one of another. Tuned in, tuned in. And that was, that was God's way of saying, just don't trust in your own understanding. Lean on me. Lean on me. Nothing's caught me by surprise. You lean on me. So I just thank God for that. Amen. So we are wise people, and we do win souls. Let me throw this one in here because I don't think we uh, went over this one the last couple of services. Jude, the first chapter. The book of Jude, right before Revelations. Start on, let's start at verse 20. This is one that I usually uh, quote when I'm praying. It says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. The more you pray in the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost will lead and guide you to people that need to be born again. Keep yourselves in the love of God. That's how you can stay in the love of God. Is when, when the enemy, when people are people yield to the enemy, because that's what it is. When they yield to the enemy and attack you and not walk in love, is because they're obeying holy. They're obeying the voices of Satan. But the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, it's it's you, you, it's easier to walk in love with hard, hard people, or with carnal people, or with people that attack you. It's easier to walk in love when you build yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost. It's easier for stuff to roll off your back like water off of a duck's back. Does that make sense? So, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some, having compassion, making a difference. And others, save with fear, pulling them out of fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So even with folks your loved ones not knowing the Lord. See, sinners will attack you. But you have to realize it's not necessarily the people, but it's 
Satan. It's the spirit behind the attack. But you have to realize if you keep yourself built up, you have to, you have to so hate the fact that they are not born again and they are on their way to hell. So don't allow the fact that the attack, don't, don't get so involved in the attack. You so hate the fact that they're not born again and let your focus be, they're not saved. And I hate the fact that they're not saved. I'm going to keep myself in the love of God. I'm going to keep myself built up because I want them born again and I want them going to heaven. So when you have sinners on your job, don't get so bothered by the attacks that they present on your job. They are sinners. They're supposed to attack the Christians because of the light. It's not personal. It's the God, it's the it is a little G God. It's the God in them, the devil, that's attacking the God in you. Big capital G O D. That's how it works. And they are opposing forces. So if you pray, God, get me off this job, then they have no light. They need to see your light. So if you got to go to the bathroom and pray in the spirit and get yourself together, so be it. If you, I remember on my job uh, uh, at the bank, when I started having problems, my husband gave me Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me shall be condemned. For this is my heritage, and it's of the Lord. That's the scripture to memorize, to write out. Have it on your phone. Have it. I put it in my drive-thru window. And I'm going to tell you what. The attacker, when I went on break, and she saw that scripture, I promise I wrote it out. I had my Dakes Bible. I shut my mouth. And I stopped doing all that joshuaing and talking. And I was quietly doing my job. Then when I didn't have a customer, I got in my Bible. And I was building up myself. It was like all them versus me. Sometimes you got to walk alone when you are the light. Didn't say it was easy. Didn't say it was easy. It is not easy on the flesh, but the more you do it, it becomes easier. It becomes easier. So on my job, I go to my break, then I come back, then I open up the Bible. And I read when I didn't have a customer. Then I remember I went to the to my break, and then I came back. And then the one, the, the hell cat beside me, I can remember it. She said, Phyllis, Phyllis, I want to go home. I want to go home. 
see, see the, the light in me, the God in me stirred her up that she she had to leave and go get herself together. <laughs> true, true story. True story. So see, don't make nobody, don't let no devil make you leave the job that you prayed for, that you labored for, that you went to college for. If anybody got to leave, let it be them. So you build yourself up with your Holy Ghost and fire. And you, you walk in there armed. You have your scriptures on the inside of you. And even underneath, you know how they do. Sometimes, you know how they do. They'll talk to everybody but you. That's how they do. That's how the devil works. And what you do is under your breath, you say, And then while you look not, knowing good well, you see what they're doing. And then you might have to pull up your scriptures and put it before your eyes. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I think y'all go. And get back to your job. And then they'll wonder why you, why you are not bothered. Because it's, it's only designed to get your attention, to get you off of your course. The greater, mightier, bigger, stronger is the God on the inside of you than the devil that's on the inside of them. Like Dr. Carey said, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. And you have to conquer this. You have to conquer this. Because it, it keeps coming. It don't matter who it is. It don't matter who it is. We all got to conquer this. Whether on the job. It happens in your marriage. It happens everywhere. It happens in friendship. Till you, till you grow up. Say, like, say, for example, my husband and I. Say like when we, we first got married. I can remember, I don't even know what we were spatting about. But I remember, you know how you do? I ain't going to say I'm sorry first. You know how you do? Then don't get in the bed. You know, it's like, don't touch me. You know how you marry people? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I remember, I think I was going to sleep on the couch. We hadn't been married six months. I'm going to sleep on the couch. My husband, see, he had more word than me, so he was spiritually stronger than me. Listen, husbands, I was much smaller. My husband came and picked me up off the couch. He said, I didn't get married uh, uh, for you to sleep on the couch. <laughs> so guess what? That was the end of that. That trick didn't work. That trick didn't work. <laughs> okay? So, so, so what I'm saying is, it comes in different facets, okay? And y'all know I'm a talker. So ain't no way I'm going to be up in the house, act like I'm mad and I ain't going to talk. Yeah, that ain't going to last long, okay? Because, see, I'll, if I act like I'm mad, you think my husband going to come through the, he's going to wake up and not speak? That ain't going to happen. He'll say, hey, what am I, I going to do? And I'm a talker. No. So I'm just saying the more you pray in the spirit, it'll cut that stuff. It'll cut all that foolishness out. Okay? It'll cut all that foolishness out. So 
practice that at home, then when you get to the job, it'd be like this. Oh, I don't conquer that with my husband at home. Just go on in. This is what I do. Just go on in. You know they're going to try not to speak to you. You already know it. You already know it. So what you do, you go on in to your job. You say, hey, everybody. There you go. You have already conquered it. You have already conquered it. You have already conquered it. You can beat them to the point. <laughs> and don't look at them. Don't look at the very one because they want you to look at them so they don't answer you back. So don't look at them. You just say, hey, everybody. And you done broke the ice. And then next thing you know. Because see, this same Miss Lois, I ain't talked to Miss Lois in almost four months. Because see, she thought I was mad at her. She did make me mad. And, and she didn't call me for my birthday. Yeah, she mad. I should be mad at her. But she's going to show me not call me for my birthday. I go in the neighborhood. I said, Honey, did she wait? Here you go, Pastor. I don't think she did. <laughs> now, why couldn't you have been quiet? Why couldn't you have been quiet, Pastor? Here you go, Pastor. I don't think she did. But now he by himself. Here you go, Miss Lloyd. But she mad at me. Cindy come through the neighborhood. She stops Carrie. I think Miss Carla's mad at me. Here go, Pastor. Here go me. But when she went to the hospital, who did she call? Mrs. Carter. Because she didn't see the light. She knows Miss Carter's going to come. See, see, they'll do that stuff to you, but they know you the Christian. They know that's why they try to get at you. Because they know you really are the Christian. Because if you weren't, you'd be doing like them. Hey, hey, hey. You be doing like them. They know. They know. That's why they're trying to egg you on, because they know. Now, is, pa is pastor going to go up there? No, pastor's protecting his health. He ain't trying to catch no flu or nothing. <laughs> Do you hear me? Pastor waiting out there till he run his errand and called me for me to come down. Do you hear me? So they know. So you just beat the devil at his own game and just don't even, don't get entangled is what I'm saying. Don't get entangled. Just pray on in the spirit. Now, when I went in there, Miss Lois got to crying. I don't have to wait for no apology. I know she's sorry. I know she need me because she has nobody else. Do you hear me? So be, be the mature one. But I did give her time to herself to think about it. I did. Why she waving at my husband. But anyway, but anyway, build yourself up. Build yourself up. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit more. Why? Why? Because when you go out, when you go to witnessing, you will be attacked 
sometimes by the very people you're helping. The very people that you've been there for. Now, back to the bank. The very girl, a young lady that I was there for, she was going through a divorce because her husband called her in the bank sitting on one of the workers' lap. True story. I was there for her when she went through the divorce. I babysitted her bad little boy. Now, don't that sound like uh, Sister Carter? Don't that sound like something Sister Carter would do? I didn't start this when I became the pastor's wife. Okay? But then... When the boss was gone, when the supervisor was on vacation, and we're, we're all laughing and joking, and I'm the only black in there, and y'all get to talking, because sometimes you can, you know, talk foolish. You, you're never going to catch me off guard. But then y'all go to talking that talk, and y'all go to that slave kind of stuff. No, he, he, nothing. You're not my boss. Now, you might be my supervisor, but don't nobody boss me. Then when I come back over the weekend, I get called in the office, and the, and the supervisor has come back and said, when I'm gone, so-and-so is the boss. And I told my supervisor like I told them. Nobody bosses me. She may be the supervisor, but she's not my boss. Is that something is that something to be called in the office about? It's just like diversity, diversity, diversity. You have to watch words that you use with African American people. Why did that bother you? So you don't in witnessing, in witnessing. Come down low with people. If you got a lot of stuff and you're witnessing to people who have very little, don't go there. Don't go there with all, with all your stuff driving up in your Mercedes to witness to folk that can barely buy, buy a cup of water. Buy a cup of water. A bottle of water. They hardly want to hear you. Because they're looking at you thinking, how are you going to identify with me? How are you going to identify with me? The reason Miss Lois take our time with me, and even at that, even at that, Miss Lois talked to me like she so got it going on financially and like I'm down here. Don't she, y'all? Don't she? And we live in the same neighborhood. But see, that doesn't bother me. Why? Because I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know the God in me. So I'm saying, when you go out to witness, you're trying to win them for Jesus Christ. So don't you go talking to people about all the stuff you got 
and they barely can pay their bills. Because they're going to think that you saying you so much better than them. Unless, of course, you come in with the, well, I used to be there. And that's a different story. I used to be there. But because I let Jesus come into my heart, this, and I learned his principles. And I used his principles. Now, 10 years later, this is where I am. And I can show you. And I can teach you. Now, that's a different story. That's a different story. But Miss Lorsa talked to me like I'm a girl from the, from, from, from the ghetto. But it don't bother me because I know who I am. But it will be an insult to some people. Because, see, what I knew was Miss Lois needed Jesus Christ. <laughs> All the money she had in the bank is nothing because she didn't have Jesus Christ. And that's what she needed was Jesus Christ. And she didn't have family to come and see her. So she needed my company. So all the talking she did meant nothing. What she needed, I had. So that's why I took the time. Amen? All right. 1 Corinthians 9.22. 1 Corinthians 9.22. says, Till the weak became I as weak, that I may gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. That's the emphasis. Come down with people so that you may win them. Become all things to all people so that you may win them. Write down Luke 10, through 37. Having compassion and showing mercy. Let me go there because Jesus said something here that I want to emphasize right quickly. Luke 10, 33. It says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. He had compassion. He had, he had compassion. When you're going to soul win, be a soul winner, have compassion on people. And he went to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast. It may cost you something. And brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which man of these three things thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showeth mercy on him. 
He that showeth mercy. So when you're going to be a soul winner, you have to show mercy. You have to show mercy. It may cost you something. It cost, it's costing my time to go sit at the hospital. Verse 37, And he said, He that showeth mercy on him, then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thy likewise. That's the example. Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. You have family members that's not born again, that needs help. Go and do likewise. Start with your own. Go and do likewise. Go and care for your own. Go and do likewise. So that they may be saved. So that they may escape hell. They may be, they may end up being the Peters. They may end up being the Earl Carters. They may end up being the greatest soul winners. They may end up being the ones that go to the prison and turn the prisons out. They may end up being the billionaires that supports and finances the churches. You don't know what you do to the least. The Lord said you have done it as unto him. Every soul has a value. Every soul has a value to God. Amen. Turn to John, the fourth chapter. We talked about the Samaritan woman. John fourth chapter says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard, had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, Notice it said, the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard, had heard. Watch what you think you have heard. Because Jesus didn't baptize more. He only baptized his disciples. Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs... Go through Samaria. Do not lose your urgency to be a witness. When the Lord puts it on your heart, as tired as I was yesterday, I felt the need to go to the hospital. I kid you not. Miss Lawrence called us several years ago, several years ago, there was a guy that she, she had dated for about six months. And as soon as the, she, this, this must be Miss Lois's day. As soon as she started dating this guy for six months, then when his family got wind of it, it's like it stopped. But he would still sneak in the neighborhood and see her. Lo and behold, she told me who the man was. And the man used to be my husband's supervisor on his job when my husband used to work for a plant. And all of a sudden, Miss Lois didn't hear from the man. 
He had bought a brand new drop top convertible vehicle. And in the middle of the road, he had stopped and didn't realize where he was. His family swooped in, put him in a nursing home. He got in touch with her. He ended up in the VA nursing home in Hanson. She kept saying, Miss Carter, I'll buy the gas if y'all take me down there to see him. One day, I promise you, one day, I said, Miss Lewis, we're going to go. We're going to go. And I told my husband, and we picked her up. We went to Hanson's VA Hospital. The man, I, it's like one day he was sitting and clothed in his right mind, and it's like the next day we didn't even recognize him. He was sitting in the VA nursing home in a wheelchair with one leg amputated. And it was like the life was gone out of his eyes. And he was a, a, a Catholic man. And when he saw Miss Lois, it's like he was embarrassed for her to even see him that way. He was a well-dressed, a well-groomed man. And he was a supervisor on the job, okay? But that day, we went to see him. We had need to go there. My husband led him to the Lord. I promise you, within a couple weeks, Miss Lois called me. The man died. He died. We got down there in the nick of time. In the nick of time. He lost all will to live. All will to live. So don't lose your urgency to witness. Don't lose your urgency to witness. And his family, they didn't hear him. They just swooped in and took over his life. Didn't consult him. And he lost his will. And he was gone. But because he reached out to her, who had a connection to pastor, we got down there and got him in the kingdom of God. Because he prayed to Mary. Don't lose your urgency. Don't lose your urgency to witness. Take every opportunity. Take every opportunity. If you feel led, don't second guess. Is this the Lord? Yes! Should I say something to that person? Yes! That could be the last chance. Well, I don't know enough. Yes, you do. You born again? That's enough. That's enough. And they're probably sitting there waiting, like Michael said, 
he didn't even know enough to ask. That was the first time he ever asked. People are waiting for somebody to ask them, do you want me to pray with you? Miss Lois, was, this was what, two years ago in our living room, in our kitchen? Has anybody ever asked her? My husband was out cutting grass. And we're at my kitchen table eating. And he came in. He said, Miss Lois, I just feel led to ask you, would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, Lord? She said, I sure would. <laughs> Y'all, if, if you hadn't figured it out, she loved my husband. <laughs> I have to tell her, Miss Lois, come on. Come on up here with me. <laughs> He's mine. Are y'all hot too? All right, I heard you. Oh, he's my husband, Miss Lois. Uh, how's Red and Carl? Uh, that's all right. All right. So he must needs to go through Samaria. <laughs> then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there just Jesus, let me see, Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied don't allow your tiredness don't allow your tiredness to cause you not to be a witness. I was tired yesterday but I could have missed the opportunity. They could have whisked her out of the hospital. She said, my nephew's wife, she's on the board of the nursing home in Evansville, Miss Carter. And they were talking to the doctor out in the hall, and I heard him, Miss Carter. So I got in right at the right time. So being weary with his journey, he set thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. See, take the opportunities. Here's something that we got to discuss. She was alone. You got to be cautious witnessing alone with the opposite sex. That's, that, that's the warning that I have to give you, is be cautious. On your job, you the man, she the little woman. She want to tell you about her troubles with her husband. Now, those are the things you got to watch. Well, I felt led in my spirit to talk to her. Well, that, that might be the time that I say, that's all right. You can pass on that. <laughs> well, well, uh, she needed some help. Well, Holy Ghost got somebody else. That, that, that won't be you. Okay? Because Holy Ghost ain't going <laughs> to... Well, I just was going to share with a, uh, nah. Let me tell you a story. 
my husband was my boyfriend. As soon as he found me, before he said, we said I do, that's when a lady wanna come and bring him a sack of lunch. And my husband said, uh, I can't take that. <laughs> before marriage, y'all, before marriage, he said, uh, I can't take that. I can't take that. That was before marriage. He said, I can't take that. So that's the exception. I know, I know. See, when I go live talking about marriage, that was before marriage. We were just, we were only dating. We were courting to marry. See, when your heart is right, see, listen up, listen up. This is pre-marriage. Some men, the Bible says you cannot take fire into your bosom. A lot of men, they think, oh, you strong, ain't nothing wrong with that, you, you weak. Well, we're going on 33 years and my husband's been faithful to me. And those very men who say those things, they're the ones that have committed adultery. So, my advice to you would be, I cannot accept that. I cannot eat lunch with you alone, opposite sex. You cannot come to my house without my wife being there. Do not call me on the phone, call my wife. Works for my husband, he's been faithful 30 some odd years. So I say, a lot of times, like I said, Jesus said, they had heard that Jesus had baptized more, more people than, than John. People are hearing the wrong folks. Why, if you're talking about faithfulness, why would you be listening to the folk that have fallen? You need to listen to the folk that haven't fallen. They're the ones that will teach you how not to, because they haven't. And the ones who have fallen need to listen to the ones who haven't fallen. Reverse that. See, there's, there's earthly wisdom, and then there's wisdom from above. There's wisdom from above. There's wisdom from above. See, that's that humanistic psychology. I've heard preachers, if you ain't been through nothing, you can't tell me nothing. 
this is what tells us. This is what tells us. It's not our own human experience. It's the word that tells us. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to your experiences? By taking heed to the word of God. So, if you've been clean, tell me what you're doing, and I'll copy what you're doing, I'm going to be clean. Jesus said, go and do likewise. These are, these, this is the one that showed mercy. Go and do likewise. So if you go and do likewise, you will be the one that shows mercy. I don't know what people are teaching. This is the Bible. This is the word. Okay? This is the word. So we're coming forth with the word. There's no, there's no new gospel. There's no another gospel. Follow them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. All right, I'm going to wind up. Give me about five minutes. I'm going to wind it up. So back to, back to the book of John. Back to the book of John. Back to the book of John. The weariness, the weariness, the tiredness did not stop. So opposite sex. There we go. Opposite sex. Opposite sex. Oh, you're afraid, Brother Earl? You're afraid, Brother Earl? You're afraid to witness a single woman? No. My husband, we started the church. I told my husband, you don't need to be counseling women alone. He said, um, you don't trust me? I said, no, don't have anything to do with trust. I came from a church where the preacher took the, took the women in the office. There was a whole lot of rumors going on. That's where I came from. And my husband was listening to Dad Hagen. Dad Hagen said, see, wise men, wise men. Dad Hagen said, and preachers, you don't need to be canceling women alone in your office. My husband's ear perked up. See, you need to pay attention not to just listen to your peers. Because your peers pretty much know what you know. I've called the older men to teach the younger ones. Because the older men that have been trained know. Younger men are strong. Older men know. Okay. Dr. Hagen said, Preachers, you do not need to be teach you do not need to be counseling the young the women in your office alone. Get your wife up in there. Don't you know? You, you're a bad sister. You're going to be winking and making a pass at her husband in the office with her up in there. You're a bad sister. See, that'll cut out a whole lot of that. Yeah, you cut out. That cut out. Timmy had to laugh on that one. You're a bad sister. You know? If, you, if y'all can do all that right in front of, don't you take him. He ain't worth keeping. <laughs> yeah, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Y'all gonna y'all gonna do all that in front of? 
Yeah, it ain't worth keeping. It ain't worth having. Y'all that bad. Because, <laughs> see, we don't even play and joke like that. No, that ain't even no. See, that ain't even, no. Hey, good, good. If he wasn't your husband, oh, no, baby. Uh-uh. No, we, we Christian people. We don't even play like that. I don't have no friends like that. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But Dad Hagen said that. He said, because if you counseling them in the office by yourself, they could lie on you, and you have no witness. They could say that you did something or you said something. So you always want to protect yourself. So in counseling the opposite sex, men and or women, have your wife there. And that cuts out everything. My husband and I were watching something on television uh, about witnessing, and the, this uh, fellow said this. You don't need to be hearing a woman's problems about what she's going through with her spouse. Why? Because what would take place is then you, your emotions go to getting involved. Don't give her to an older lady. Don't give her to a woman. See, a woman know how to handle all that. You know, because a man want to fix it. Don't fix your wife situations. And your mamas and your sisters and your nieces and your daughters. Yeah. Leave them women's situations to the women's. We can handle them. Okay? Just like them fellas, we will uh, uh, send the fellas to the fellas. Okay? And in that way, everybody stays straight. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody came to my house, and then they, uh, uh, my husband wasn't there. And then when they left, my husband said, I don't want him at my house. I said, that's your cousin. He said, no, he married to my cousin. Oh, okay. No arguing. No arguing. Why? Because my, my husband is a man. My husband is a man. So let me say this. Let me say this in witnessing. In witnessing. Listen, you all. If your wife says, I do not want this female around you, don't argue about it. There is no argument. The first woman that you're obligated to and should be concerned about is your wife. That's it. Because she sees something that by the time you see it, your reputation and everything will be uh, 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 scorned. And if a man, I remember, I remember, I don't even know where we were. This is years and years ago. You know, I talk and I'm Philly. You know, I'm a Philly person. I was talking and, 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 and it was a fella. I don't even know who it was. I was talking and I was like... <laughs> Or maybe it was on the leg. And my husband told me later, he said, honey, don't do that. I didn't say, oh, what do you mean nothing by that? No, no. My husband is my protector. He's my covering. And what he was saying is, that means something different to a man. 
Don't do that. I didn't say, oh, you just over, you, you just, no. If he said, don't do that, guess what? That's the end of it. That's the end of it. That's the end of it. There was a man that showed up at my house. Uh, no, he, I don't know where I was. He, he needed a ride. And I, I saw him talking to my husband before. He said, girl, he's a thief. Don't you ever let that man get, see, I'm so friendly. I don't know the, I'm new to him. Don't you ever. I said, okay. Then I think I may have told Judy. Judy said, heckin' now. You better be glad you're still alive. Then I remember living in an apartment. You want to buy some perfume? Oh, yeah, you know, I help everybody out. Oh, how much is it? They done stole that perfume from, what? <laughs> See, I'm trying to help, I'm trying to help a hustler out. But see, but see, I'm not as naive in my generosity like I used to be, okay? But see, if they talk to my husband, I'm thinking, well, they okay. If anybody sees minister on the corner with a man, they're not going to think anything is up. Because they know, like with Jesus, with the Samaritan woman, the disciples went to get something to eat, and then they came back. They, they, they weren't even thinking, well, all oh, Jesus is witnessing. No, they won't know. Oh, she wanted them kind of woman. Oh, what Jesus doing with her? They weren't even thinking spiritually. But around Henderson, they would think spiritual about me because of my reputation. But see, you still have to watch it. You still have to watch it, okay? So it's always best when you're witnessing out, have somebody with you. Have somebody with you. So in conclusion, in conclusion, the Samaritan woman, Jesus said to her, she said, wait a minute, let me, let me read it because I want to say this. There was three things that he said to her. And she had a reply. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. Jesus said, Have a point of connection. Jesus knew that she knew that a Messiah was supposed to come. That she knew. And in conversating with her, he got around to that. And, and before that, he said to her, um, in verse 13, he said, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I should give him shall never thirst, but the water that I should give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said unto him, here we go, Sir, number one, number one, give me this water, number two, that I thirst not, number three, come hither and come hither to draw. Jesus said three things to her. 
go. Number two, call thy husband. And number three, and come. When you're witnessing, because they'll begin to open up to you or Holy Spirit will say something to you, don't be afraid. That's why you have to pray in the Spirit and worship because salvation might not be the only thing God will have you to deal with. Amen? Sometimes he's going to have you to address the sin or bring them up to the sin that they're in. Okay? So, he said, come, go, and get your husband. Because he knew she didn't have a husband. He knew she didn't have a husband. And this is what she said. But thou hast, she said, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. And the woman said unto him, Sir, here we go, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. I perceive that you're a man of God. See, she has some type of knowledge to recognize you're a preacher. You're anointed. I knew somebody like you is supposed to come. Are you one of those preachers? She was not just a sinner. She had heard some things. She had heard some things. And he said, Woman, believe me, here we go, Michael, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship, worship, worship the Father. Said, You worshiping, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvations of the Jews, but the hour cometh and now is that time. When the true worship should worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Here's the point. She, when she heard what Jesus said, she became a witness. When he told her about herself, she didn't reject him. She became a witness and dropped her jar, dropped her water pot, and she became a witness and turned the city upside down. In verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the sin of the what? Of the woman which did what? Did testify and told me all that ever I did. That's because she became a witness. When he told her by, about herself by the Spirit of God, she became a witness. When he told her about herself by the Spirit of God, she became a witness. She didn't kill the messenger. 
She didn't fight the messenger. She didn't say, who told you that? She didn't say, you picking on me. She didn't say, you just like them other preachers. No. She recognized that that was a man of God. She recognized that that was a prophet. So here's the wisdom. Here's the wisdom. When the word of God comes to you, and that's what you pray. That's what you pray. That when you go out and God gives you who to talk to, you pray that they have ears to hear and to receive. That they have ears to hear and to receive because you want many to come to Christ. You don't want them to fight you and attack you. The object is that they hear and they receive and many come to Christ. So in your private time, you take authority over the demonic spirits and the devils because they're going to fight you. They're going to do their job. But you be prayed up and you be ready. Go in twos. Go in twos. But if you're ready and you got the Holy Ghost and you've been praying in the Spirit, sometimes it will just be you and you and the Holy Ghost. That's team enough. Amen? All right, let us stand. Let us stand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So our assignment is to go and be a witness. Go to our brothers. Go to our own. There's many opportunities. Hallelujah. There's many opportunities. You young men, you three. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Brother Michael.